Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 354 with Jared Warren. I think you'll love this chat with Jared because he goes into tremendous detail about what makes for an outstanding evening routine to get outstanding sleep, which we've heard again and again, is so critical to perform optimally. So you'll learn one, how to turn stress around with your perspective. Two, eight tips for a solid evening routine and quality sleep. And three, why to consider taping your mouth shut, literally. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, it's at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F354. And while at awesomeatyourjob.com, I encourage you to check out some of our useful stuff. One useful thing I'd point you to is the Gold Nugget email list, which gives you summary note-taken insights from all the guests. Jared and the 353 have come before him and the ones to come after in a quick, easy-to-read, fast, bite-sized nuggets that you can read right in your inbox or reference the archives from everybody whenever you want. That's the gold nuggets over at awesomeatyourjob.com. Now here's Jared's story. Jared Warren is the managing director of a financial planning practice and hosts the Success 101 podcast. Big thanks to Jared for sharing his wisdom with us. A big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. Here is Jared. Jared, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Pete, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, I'm excited to have you too. And I want to start with your story. It sounds pretty dramatic and interesting with regard to you. You have experienced some burnout and in a powerful way and also bounced back in a powerful way. How's that work? Well, I'm just super excited that I bounced back in a powerful way because I find so many people don't do that. They get into this burnout routine and I call it a routine because they sit there and they stay in it without even really understanding how to get out of it. And I would have told you probably back in 2015 when I started experiencing some of the burnout, the fatigue, the self-sabotage, you know, that stuff had been going on long before I actually got into it. But it really came to a head, I guess, and really came to a point where I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. There was a lot of pride wrapped up in that. I'll be transparent with you. There was a lot of people are not going to outwork me. People are not going to mm-hmm. out sleep me. I mean, sleep was a big thing that I had a lot of pride wrapped up in. My parents could operate on very little sleep, still do to this day. And so I was one of those guys that I would tell people like, you know, I'm I'm experiencing a lot of stress. I can't get a lot of sleep. And their first thought is, well, have you tried melatonin? Have you tried these sleeping pills? And I'm like, no, 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 make no mistake about it. I can sleep. Like if I close my eyes for just a couple of seconds, I'm I'm out like a zombie. I just don't stay in bed very long. Like I'm setting my alarm for, you know, super early in the morning. I'm getting up really early uh, in the morning and I'm just not in bed very long. So in 2015, I really thought my brain was turning to cabbage. That's the best way I can describe it. I couldn't focus on things. I couldn't concentrate on things. And of course, people say like, oh yeah, man, I have ADHD. I can't concentrate either. This was way different. I was concerned about early onset dementia, things like that. Like Like I just couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't look people in the eyes and have straight conversations because my brain was sending signals to my body that things are not right. And I didn't know what to do with that because I'd never experienced that before. And some of your listeners out there hearing this might think, man, I'm, I'm going through some brain fog. I'm going through some fatigue. I keep fighting through that and things aren't getting better. They're only getting worse. And the best way I can describe it, Pete, is I was walking, visualize this. I'm walking down this road and this giant wind, this hurricane force wind just keeps blowing me off the road and I've got to get back up on the road and then it blows me off again or I wobble around. That's what my thought was like through the day, during the day. 
And I had always been a super hard charger. We may get into some of my my career and what I've done and things like that, but I've always been a super hard charger. And I was like, man, this is not good. This is not right. I, I can't do, I can't run at the pace and the hustle and the grind and all this stuff people talk about. I, I can't do it anymore because I'm so fatigued, both mentally and physically. And the mentally started taking over more than the physically or the physical. And so I went to a neurologist, one of the leading neurologists here in Dallas, and he got in there with his staff and for like two hours, they just typed away on computers. Mm-hmm. And he came back to me and said, we're going to run you through a bunch of tests. We're going to run you through a lot of scenarios as far as like testing out what this is, because if there's something there, we want to know what it is. But my friend, I think you need to get some sleep. And I'm, you know, of course I'm like, I'm like, okay, doctor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I kind of want there to be something like it's a, you, you never wish there to be something, but it's like, I want there to be something because that can't be the answer. And he comes back and says, like I said, we'll, we'll run you through the test, but you need to get some sleep. And what I want you to do mm-hmm. is I want you to track your 10 day rolling average of time in bed from the time you go to sleep or the, from the time you get in bed to the time you get out of bed. I want you to track your 10 day rolling average. And 10 the first, day rolling average. That is a very yeah. specific statistical measure of, of your sleep. And I get now why he said that, because if you just track your every single night's sleep, uh-huh. there's going to be so many data points over the course of even a six month or a three month period that it's it's not indicative of how your real sleep patterns are going. So I understand why he did that now. And so I said, okay, I'll track my 10 day rolling average. And on my first 10 day rolling average, Pete, my time in bed was four hours and three minutes. And that was a 10 day rolling average. <laughs> That's just time in bed. That's not even you're asleep yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and were you using just a standard notepad or app or how are you kind of getting the data? So I use an app called Sleep Cycle and oh, it's, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, so many people in the biohacking community and the neurological community, the sleep community, people that I follow nowadays and and associate with, they follow this sleep cycle app and it's so good. And so what I would do is I would just, I'd get in bed at night and I'd set my alarm and I would hit, you know, start. And then when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is turn that thing off and, you know, it would track my sleep time. And it's, it's awesome. It's an incredible, um, it's just an incredible app. And so four hours and three minutes. And I reported that to him and his team. And he said, like I said, we're going to run you through an MRI, a neurocognitive brain study, an eight-hour neurocognitive test, which wore me out, by the way. I've never been so mentally fatigued after that eight-hour test of just using my brain all day long. And he said, but I think you need sleep. And, uh, you know, it was pretty pretty apparent what he was getting at at that point is how important sleep is. And I hadn't really gotten into this biohacking, this peak performance type state that I'm in now, which is why I run my podcast, Success 101 Podcast. That's where all of this came from, was just understanding how important all of this is. And so he said, look, we got to get you to five and it's still going to suck at five hours, but we got to get you to five. Then we got to get you to six. And I'm proud to say that since the end of 2015 to right now, when we're recording this in 2018, and and really for quite a while in 2018 now, even since almost the beginning of the year, I've been right at seven hours of sleep per night. Mm -hmm. And you've got to give some things up. If you're a hard charger out there, if you want to be awesome at your job, quote unquote, if you're looking at our society today, especially the Western culture, they tell you to be awesome at your job. You've got to hustle and grind. You've got to muscle it through. You've got to run through the brick walls. You've got like, nobody wants to do that. I think we're going to get out a couple of generations from now and realize man, they had it all wrong. Like this whole social media hustle grind. I mean, who knows what's going to be around at that point. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody, everybody wants to just show up and have money fall in their lap and have mm-hmm. the business deals fall in their lap. But the problem is we're going about it in such a wrong way. And that was my story. It was like I 
I'd done the hustle for so long. I'd muscled it through for so long. I'd worked hard for so long. And then life happened. I had my third child. I was running an office, a financial planning uh, advisory firm that I run, which is my my main you know staple here, coaching advisors, working with my own clients, and everything just kind of hit. And so my burnout, I remember it just like yesterday. I was walking through my uh, bedroom and it wasn't even a really tough day. It, it was just a mediocre day and I'm walking through my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, just imagine taking like two 200 pound sandbags and just put them on, putting them on each shoulder. And for the first time in my life, I felt this physical weight. It was all from my mind, but it was a physical weight. And I got in the fetal position in my bedroom Something a guy like me, just being transparent, was too prideful to do in the past. And I probably looked at those type of people as weak people. When I heard about panic attacks, I'm like, okay, just let's let's just be tougher, right? Let's let's just work harder. Let's just, you know. Suck it up. Yeah, suck (laughs) it up. Walk it off. Right, let's go. And and I'll compete with you in anything. I'm the most competitive person you may know. And here I am in the fetal position in my bedroom, and I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I'm going, holy crap, like, what is this? And I sat there for a couple of minutes. I gathered my thoughts, and I recognized it. I was like, this is a physical weight on me right now. And I did some deep breathing exercises, and I stood up, and I sat on the edge of the bed. I remember like yesterday. It's it's crazy. Just like, I don't know why I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now. But I sat on the edge of the bed, and I just thought literally what I just said. I was was like, "What what crap is that? And I got up slowly and I changed my clothes and I went and had dinner with my family. And about two months later to the date, something about half as bad happened. It wasn't quite as bad. I just kind of stopped for a second and sat there and recognized it for what it was. And I'm like, no more, no more, no more, no more. Because what I realized was I was a shell of a person that I thought I was. I was wrapped up without even realizing it, honestly, wrapped up in this pride of like work harder than anybody, challenge anybody, competitiveness, that builds energy. And I realized, wow, I'm going about this the wrong way. And I remember the very next morning I woke up and thought, something's got to change. I'm going to be a horrible husband, a horrible father, a horrible mentor. Like I call myself a leader. What the heck am I doing? I didn't know what leadership was. Leadership to me, I realized was just a title. And I chastised people early on about that. Like, so many people are chasing titles. They want to get in these positions and they don't even know how to lead people. And then I found myself in that position and I was like, whoa, man, holy cow, I'm what a hypocrite I am. And I had to take a big step back. So funny enough, I started listening to old school people, classic people like Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar. And what they taught me was, is that optimism, which I always thought was kind of pie in the sky, hocus pocus, like just, you know, shoot for the moon and you'll land in the stars, you know, all those sort of things. I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? I started realizing like, man, these guys understand functional optimism, which is life really sucks. Like life is bad around you. Like this is a pretty chaotic world that we've built for ourselves. But look at all the blessings that you have that you can really understand to sink your teeth into each day and focus on those things. And so I started really understanding that. And then I started noticing it's like, you know, you buy the red car and everyone on the streets uh, driving a red car. I started noticing that I'm burnout and everybody else is burnout, too. And I started recognizing that. And where the Success 101 podcast was born was really me understanding that and saying, man, I gotta, I, I've got to help people. I've got to help people understand that you can hustle, you can grind, you can compete, you can do all of this. But if you're not doing it in a smart way, you're not only not going to be great at your job, but you're going to be pretty horrible in life as well as a father, a husband, a leader, a mentor, a fill in the blank, whatever. And that was my path to a complete 180 turnaround. And I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed. I learned that at a young age because where I am today, 
I mean, I, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have that turnaround. And where I am today is I'm just so thankful where I am now because I've gone through that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm intrigued then because we have a, a unique situation. Like sleep has come up numerous times on the show as one of the top things you can do to boost your performance. And so in you, we have an intriguing case study in that you were hardcore doing very little sleeping. And now you're doing, you know, normal recommended amounts of sleeping. Right. So you experienced, you know, a huge relief release, you know, no longer this crushing weight and pressure, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, But I guess I want to also focus in, you know, kind of talking to your former self who would be talking about hard charging, you know, no time for sleep, you know, let's get her done. Let's make it happen. All that stuff. Tell me, how has your performance been enhanced or impacted by increased sleep? Oh, it's been unbelievable just in the way my brain works, the way my body works, the way I process things, even even down to the level of forming sentences differently than what I did before. Because remember, early on, I told you I thought my brain was turning to cabbage. And people kind of laugh when they hear that. And I'm like, no, really? Like, that's not me just fabricating an idea or a thought. Like, I, I really thought that something was super wrong. And what it showed me was it showed me the the true importance of sleep. And I've been fortunate. I've been blessed. I've accomplished some things in my business, my financial planning career with my clients and running the office that I'm running here in Dallas at a top-notch financial firm and um, being an entrepreneur where all the financial risk is on me. And with three kids and, you know, actually, Pete, what happened was I started having more kids and getting less sleep and performing <laughs> better than before I had kids. And, you know, the the typical, you know, persona of what people go through is they start having more kids, they have less sleep, they have more stress. I was able to combat that before all of that happened and actually do the reverse of that, even with three kids now and running a 50-person office and my own financial planning practice. So I've, when I say I've had a complete 180 turnaround, it's like, it's the real deal. And I'm so fortunate I, I went through that. So you talked about less sleep. So you had like a recovery period of normal sleep and then you had more kids and then less sleep? No, no, no. I'm saying most people have more kids and go through less sleep. I had more kids and went through more sleep. Okay, I follow. I'm with you. <laughs> because I had learned my lessons early on. And again, that's why I'm fortunate. I've got clients who are in their 40s or 50s that are talking about really hitting this, you know, call it a midlife crisis. I don't know if that phrase is used a whole lot anymore, but just call it this reality of, man, I've really wasted a lot of life. I've I've done things the wrong way. I'm coming to this revelation that I haven't done things the right way. And I'll be honest with you, man. This happened to me just out of nowhere. But at the same time, I'm so glad that I went through this before I was in my 40s or 50s because I look at those people and go, man, that would have been me. Like I would have been even worse off than them. Like how much time waste? People ask me what my biggest fear is. It is a wasted life. And you can quantify that many different ways for many different people. But for me, it has to do with what are you doing to add impact to other people? As a financial advisor, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to add impact to other people, but also my family, also my wife, also my friends. You know, um, years ago, I went to my wife's graduation and uh, George Bush Sr., I mean, not to be political here, but like George Bush Sr. was talking there, whatever you think about him, right? Uh And, And he comes out and says, I've been all over the world. I've done this, I've done that. I've been the president. I've done this, I've done that. He said, and the most important thing in life is family and friends. And the crowd kind of just erupts because, you know, I mean, when somebody says something like that after what he's accomplished, you're like, wow, if he can say that, what are we doing? 
right? And so I realized for my family, my friends, my uh, business, it's like, wow, what a blessing it is to learn this at such a young age so that I can be awesome at what I'm doing every day because hindsight's 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, so then can you tell us, what's the trick to getting more sleep when you have, while having more kids at the same time? How does one <laughs> oh, accomplish this? Wow, where do we start? Right now, we're, we've been in a hotel for four weeks because my youngest daughter decided that one of my older daughter's shorts should go down the toilet and flooded our entire house. <laughs> and so they, they came in, yeah, they came in and moved everything out of our house. Like if you go in our house right now, it looks like a war zone. Um, and we've been in a hotel for four weeks. Looks like we'll be there another four to six weeks. And it just, you know, it is, it's one of those things. It is what it is. But I'm, I'm looking at that going, man, how would I've handled that before? How would I've looked at that? Um, if you, if you'll let me, Pete, I'm, I'll go down, I'll kind of go down this path of what, like I said, the hustle, the grind, muscling it through hard work versus working hard. I do think there's a difference there. Um, kind of doing the same things that got you there doesn't work as you get older. And so your question of, as you have more kids, getting more sleep, it's like, if you keep doing the same things you were doing when you were 25, I mean, I I used to go work out at 1030 PM when I was 25. And I looked at that as a stress relief. If I went and worked out at 1030 right now, that'd be a huge stressor in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, just with everything that I've got going on. But I'm really big on like you have to have a morning routine and an evening routine. And I know those phrases, like your listeners may hear that and go, oh man, I've heard that like a hundred thousand times on other podcasts. Like it's kind of that old dead horse that's been kicked too many times, right? But I'm going to keep coming back to it. You have to have a proper morning and evening routine. And I've said many times before, 80% or more, probably more than that, but 80% or more of an incredible day actually starts in the PM the night before. People try to start attacking the day from the time they wake up. And really, we're not very good at that, right? We snooze too much or like I snoozed for 14 years. I snoozed for an hour, over an hour. Like I would set my alarm for an hour before I had to get up knowing I was going to snooze for an hour. Like how ridiculous (laughs) is that, right? But 80% or more of an incredible day actually starts at the PM. And as a society, Pete, we're incredibly sleep deprived. Uh, here, especially here in the West, where we're getting less than six hours of sleep. It's it's actually almost down to five and a half. You might as well round it down to five and a half now. And a couple of generations ago, they were sleeping over 10 hours a night before the light bulb was invented. How do you think that changes a, a society? How do you think that changes a mindset, like your daily mindset when you're grinding it out? How do you, like, why do you think nowadays there's so many people on SSRIs and stimulants and Adderall and Ritalin And why do you think the the depression rates and people saying that they're unfulfilled are at all-time highs, even though we have more technology, more ability, more opportunities to do more in business and profitability today than ever before, and people are making more in our society, especially here in the West, than ever before, but worldwide – why do you think that is? It's because people are ruining their minds just as I was. And science backs this up like stress. If you look at stress, stress is not good or bad. It's all depending on how you look at it, because you could say stress is what got me to the points of life that I am because it really challenged me. Or you could say stress really got me depressed, right? It all depends on how you look at it. But stress stimulates the brain and it secretes a a chemical called noradrenaline. And that Mm. improves or I guess disconnects neural connectivity. So that's why so many of us perform better before deadlines. I mean, you've probably heard that before from your guests. It's like if there's a deadline, if there's a stressor, if there's something, I'm going to perform better at that. But it's a difficult balance because if we let stress impact us the wrong way, 
then we're going to be going down the path that I was going down for so long. So if we're pushed too far, our bodies actually react by producing a steroid called cortisol. And your Mm -hmm. listeners may be very familiar with that. So that puts us in a hyper alert state It increases our heart rate. It impacts all the people around us. That's what I was doing. I was like, man, I'm, I'm a really bad leader. I'm a terrible husband. I will eventually be a terrible father if I stayed on this path. Um, I had really high levels of cortisol in the blood testing that I did, along with very, very low levels of testosterone and DHEA, and I was really uh, destroying my adrenal glands. And so in fast-paced workplaces today, like we're all in, we've got to look at this stress as good stress. We've got to learn how to turn stress into good stress or we're going to have adrenal fatigue. For any of your listeners listening out there, if you haven't heard or haven't experienced adrenal fatigue, go Google that. There's like probably 100 million articles out there about what your adrenals do and how they play a very crucial part in you guys being really good at your job every day and really good at life. Um, But as leaders, we've got to check in to make sure that our top performers aren't going through high stress levels, that we're turning stress into positive stress without having people really drift into distress, I would call it. Mm -hmm. Well, so then let's talk about it. First of all, evening routines. I've heard much more about morning routines and we're having Hal Elrod on the show a bit later. So I love Hal. I know he's going to rock out on the morning routines. So let's focus you on the evening. I mean, just to kind of go into that, like when I was going through all of this, his book, The Morning, basically The Miracle Morning and really The Miracle Morning for Salespeople, which I read second, I mean, genius. So again, I said uh, 80% or more of a great day starts actually in the evening. And so, you know, if any of your listeners are hearing this and they're thinking, man, I, I'm, I, I agree with Jared, I'm stressed. I've got a lot of stress going on. But wow, he's talking about a lot of work, a lot of stuff I've got to do. I really want you guys to maybe listen to this a couple of times through if you're feeling that way and really dissect what I'm saying. Because here's the deal, and this is what I've learned, Pete, is that there's a lot of things in life that if they constrain you, they can add more stress to your plate. Let's just face it. You, you've got these constraints, you're bundled up. But when you're looking to eliminate stress, you're looking for more of a positive mindset, you're looking to turn a 180 from all the things I've described, having a structured lifestyle, especially a morning and evening routine, since that's what we're talking about here, can actually give you a ton of freedom. Uh, I had Ed Milet on my podcast recently And he and I both talked about how constrained lifestyles, if you're doing it for the right reasons to reduce stress and get in a better state of structure, can actually give you more freedom rather than making you feel bound up. Mm. So what do I do in my evening routine? First of all, I'm always testing. So if you go to my tools and resources page, uh, I think it's success101podcast.com forward slash resources, you're going to see all of the tools and testing that I always do. It's my most updated page that I have on my site because I'm always testing new things. But I would say, number one, just at a base level, you guys have to be using a blue light blocker at night. Uh, And when I say at night, Again, 80% of a great morning starts the evening before. I would back that even up further until like before the time you get off work. So I, I use a blue light blocker on my Apple devices all through the day and on my window devices at work all through the day. So like Flux? Yeah, I use Flux. And so you got Flux going all day? Yeah, all, all day long, all day long. Well, you can share what Flux is for those who don't have it yet. Explain what Flux is. 
if you've got night shift on your phone, I leave that on 24 hours a day. In fact, I've got mine set up from 2.59 a.m. to 3 o'clock a.m. <laughs> so there's like a minute there when I'm sleeping that it goes back to the regular state because you can't just keep it on all the time. But if you ever pull up my phone, like people pull up my phone all the time to look at a picture or look at what a document or whatever, and they're like, why is it so yellow? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I gotta, I've got a filter on that. Let me turn it off. Uh, but I use Flux as well on my Windows devices, and you can do that on Mac also. But I've always got a filter on all of my devices. Now, some people would say blue light's actually really good for you early in the mornings to get you awake. After what I went through, I don't like I'm not trying to play that game at all. I'm like, man, I will I'll like I'll keep the filters on all day long. It doesn't matter to me. But if you've got those filters on your phone or on your computer like Flux or like Night Shift, that's going to eliminate a ton of problematic blue light for you guys. And if you just keep it on all day, like now if I if somebody gives me their phone and I have to watch a video for like a couple, like a minute or two, like the blue light literally starts hurting my eyes. It's kind of yeah. crazy how that works. Well, and I got to give a shout out to a uh, recent sponsor, Fanatic Eyewear, who makes these glasses that reflect a portion of the blue light. I'm wearing them right now. And they're pretty cool. I like it that it's very subtle. Like it's kind of hard to notice the white difference unless you really like looking closely and flipping them off and on, which is nice so that you're getting some protection without feeling like the whole world looks weirdly yellow. But how yellow are we getting, if I may ask, with your flux? Is it like halfway on or 100% on or, you know? I'd say it's halfway on because if you put it 100% on, yeah. it would almost be red, right? I mean, it'd be completely red. And so I have that as well. And I will send you, Pete, if you want to link it up in show notes, I will send you how you can turn your iPhone completely red at night. So if I'm sitting, like right now, we're in a hotel, so it's not ideal. We've got two bedrooms and a small, tiny kitchen that we're, <laughs> we're living. I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, like if you told me this five years ago, we'd be living in this, I'd be like freaking out. Um, but we're, we're good. Like we're totally good. My kids are all, uh, I've got three daughters and they just all just like kind of climb in the bed together. Um, but when I'm sitting in there with them, cause of course it's kind of scary at night, in a new place. And they're like, we want you to sit in here. And so I'll, I'll kind of get on my iPad at night, but I can, triple tap my home screen and make my screen turn blood red at night. And that's really cool because if you just have night shift on, even if you turn it all the way down to the lowest level at night, if you, I mean, my, my uh, recommendation to you guys would all be to be super disciplined and have a digital sunset. So as soon as the sun goes down, you guys never look at a screen again. But if you have to look at a screen to check a message, or if you want to watch a movie with your wife, uh, wife in bed at night or whatever, I can send the notes to show you how to turn the, color themes on your iPads, iPhones, whatever. I don't know how to do it on Android, but turn it to blood red and uh, you can turn it down really low. It's really cool. But during the day, it's about halfway on. So it's more of like a yellow tent, like a washed out looking yellow tent. And I've got that on 24 hours a day. And so I think there's enough study out right now for people who are in older generations or, or when we get out to older generations that are showing that our eyesight is going to be gone from all this blue light. The only time I have blue light on my phone and I turn all of that off is first thing in the morning. If I'm checking, I try not to check emails first thing when I wake up to start my day off in a reactive state. But if I want to do something fun, if I want to check social media whenever I wake up or I want to check ESPN on Saturday mornings for college football, I'll actually turn blue light on in full effect, full effect, because that'll wake me up really fast. But if you've got that on all the time, there are so many studies showing how it's going to really decrease our eyesight over time. 
And there's, I mean, let's face it, there's not enough studies on these iPhones yet. They just came out in 2008. There's not enough studies yet to really determine how all this blue light is really going to infect our or impact our vision. Uh, and I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of people needing glasses earlier in life because of all the blue light that's coming through their screens. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So you got Flux and you've got a link coming to us. Thank you. We'll put that up on the show notes with regard to, you know, getting the super red very quickly. And so that's part of the game is keeping the blue light from messing with your sleep. Awesome. And what else? So I've got my my good friend, James Swanick out in California, who I'm uh, I'm always promoting his glasses because he's got these blue light blocking glasses called Swannies. And I'll tell you, my first when I first started diving into this way back in the day, I bought these literally $7 welders glasses off of Amazon to wear at night. My kids thought I looked like Bono. They kind of laughed. You know, it's kind of funny. But you're in, you're in the comfort of your own home, so who cares, right? Mm-hmm. But I w- we'd be watching TV at night or we'd be, you know, doing whatever before all these blue light blocking technologies came around. And I'm like, well, hey, I've got these, I've got these amber looking glasses on that look ridiculous. But man, they sure are helping me wind down. So I'd put those on about 90 minutes before I go to bed. Now, fortunately, several companies have come out, including James Swanick, uh, my friend Dave Asprey over at Bulletproof, they've got these glasses that will really help you wind down a lot faster. So you got to use a blue light blocker on your screens. You've got to use the blue light blocking glasses if you're watching TV, though, because most TVs nowadays don't have blue light blocking technology. I think right. in the future that's going to be – I mean, if, if a company like Apple, a trillion-dollar company, has realized the need to put blue light blocking technology on every single device they make. The TV, Samsung, all these other, LG, all these other TVs, they're going to come out with that soon enough. Mm-hmm. But for now, you got to wear those glasses. And luckily, they they look pretty stylish. They're pretty good. So that'd be number one is use a blue light blocker, whether it's glasses on a TV that doesn't have a blue light blocker or use it on your mobile devices like Apple that does. Second thing is you got to have a caffeine curfew. So caffeine's powerful. I mean, your your listeners are going to know, like if you're being good at your job and you're being great at what you do, I mean, let's face it, most people nowadays, they're chasing after some caffeine. It's a nervous system stimulant. But if your nervous system's let up at night, you you can forget about high quality sleep. You can forget about a great morning the next day. So guys, set really a hardline unbreakable curfew that your body can remove that. Uh, Pete, I don't know if you've ever done any research on this, but caffeine has a half-life of about six hours for your average person. That's average. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some people that has a half-life of like eight hours. That means eight hours after you drink a a cup of coffee, half of the stimulant response is still going to be present there in your body. So I've seen people drinking coffee after dinners at night. I've seen people drinking coffee at 5 p.m. just because they're like, man, I'm I'm slammed. Like, I don't want to go home feeling so groggy. I'm going to kick a little caffeine for before I go home. And it's like, ah, don't do that, you know. So for the average person, it's a six-hour half-life. So three hours after you have that cup of caffeine, you're still going to be wired. So if you have that after a dinner at night with friends or at a restaurant or whatever, and you're sitting there at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock trying to go to sleep, you may have half of those caffeine remnants still in your body. So for me, I shut that thing off at 2 p.m. Like I have no caffeine after 2 p.m., none whatsoever. I love mm-hmm. coffee. I love the taste of coffee. Uh, right now in Texas, it's super hot. So I like a- iced coffee and nitro coffee and everything that's cold. But bef- after 2 p.m., I'm not having any stimulants whatsoever. I'm trying to do things to wind down, which is more in the GABA supplements and things like that, which we can go into. But just just remember, don't have any 
like have a caffeine curfew. Don't have any caffeine after about two, maybe three at the most PM and you're going to get an awesome sleep. Uh Third thing is use high quality magnesium, especially for us as guys. We're really deficient in magnesium. Just in our Western diet, we don't get it as much as we should. But magnesium, and and I had to do all this research, right, because I didn't know any of this, but it helps optimize circulation, blood pressure, balance of blood sugar. It helps relax your muscles if you get the right type. It helps reduce pain if you work out and you're you're a little sore from your morning workout or your evening workout it's going to help reduce all that it's going to calm down the nervous system especially to keep your mind from just running crazy but magnesium is the number one mineral deficiency in our world today and especially in our western culture as i keep coming back to so getting your magnesium levels up can almost instantly reduce your body's stress load improve the quality of sleep i use a product called calm you can go to my resources page, as I mentioned earlier, and Calm is on there. It's um, it's not something you want to take a lot of because you'll be on the toilet at night <laughs> mm. because uh, because magnesium makes your body flush out. You know, again, it's a muscle, muscle relaxer, so it makes your body flush out a lot of things, but it's going to help you really get to sleep. And then lastly, I want you guys to get your rooms blacked out. This was one that I was a little slow to come around on. If you read uh, my friend Dave Asprey's book called Headstrong, um, I'd followed Dave Asprey for a long time, the creator of Bulletproof. And he said he was coming out with a new book called Headstrong. And I thought, man, okay, maybe I'll get it. Um, I'm not really sure what else Dave can teach me. Uh, <laughs> and he, he, he blew my mind with all the things he came out with. But one of the main things he talks about is mitochondrial function. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of your cells. It's what energy comes from. It's what good sleep comes from. It's what really a, a good rested mind comes from. And so many people are sleeping in very bright light situations. And especially right now, I I posted a picture just the other day on my Instagram page, Jared Warren Consulting, that showed uh, uh, one of those hangers that you hang pants on in a hotel room. And I've Mm -hmm. got the hanger pinching the curtain rods because I've got the curtain rods all folded up just to where no light can get in whatsoever. And I've got the hanger pinching those together. And I, I think I said something like, you know, tips to a good night's sleep or something. And I listed that as one of them. But having light sources of any type in your bedroom can seriously disrupt your sleep patterns. And again, I would have heard of that five years ago and gone, oh, man, just come on. Really? Like, just go to sleep. Um, But even using an eye mask, I use an eye mask every night. I use no spacers now to get like really good deep nostril um, air, which builds nitric oxide, which helps you sleep a lot uh, deeper. And here's the big one. I may lose your listeners on this, but I learned this from my good friend, Patrick McEwen, who wrote the book, The Oxygen Advantage. I tape my mouth shut every single night with surgical paper tape. Every night. I've done this for almost two years. I have heard Patrick McEwen recommend this before. (laughs) He's Irish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hunker, Jared. So if you go to my podcast, I've got two episodes of Patrick McEwen, and I, I, I had to have him on because I started understanding how when you tape your mouth shut at night, I mean, most of us are mouth breathers even during the day. So you you can imagine when mouth we go to breather. sleep at night. Uh, but you lose almost a pound of water at night just through dehydration, breathing through your mouth and through your skin and sweat. And I mean, you, you've probably heard those mattress commercials where they're like, hey, every eight years you change your mattress because it's got like such and such pounds of skin and sweat and all kinds of stuff in it. Like it's just gross, right? Mm-hmm. Um but we lose uh, over a pound of water 
every single night just by breathing out of our mouths whenever we fall asleep. And so if you tape your mouth shut with paper surgical tape, which I've done for almost two years now, and I use nose spacers because I broke my nose twice early in life playing basketball and I've got a severely deviated septum. I probably need to go get some surgery done on it. Like if I breathe in like really hard, like one nostril completely collapses. So if you have any listeners out there that are experiencing that, you may want to go get some nose spacers and I'll I'll hook that up. Uh, I'll let you know, Pete, in your show notes how to hook that up as well. But I've got nose spacers. I've got an eye mask on to completely black things out. And I've got the mouth tape on. And so <laughs> it I must look terrifying. Too. <laughs> it's like, who, who is this monster? <laughs> yeah. No, my wife has a field day. She's like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, she just <laughs> like, she doesn't prescribe to any of this, but she's tired a lot during the day. And I'm like, you've got your phone in your face. You're not doing anything. So I'm, I'm like a champion of like thinking like eventually she's going to come around, but who knows? Um, but I do this every night. And again, your listeners may hear this and go, man, I'm not getting great sleep. I'm already stressed out that's so much workload to my plate of everything that I have to do. And I'm telling you, if you will structure your life in this way, you will have such a better life. I mean, literally now it's to the point that I put that tape on my mouth at night and my brain automatically starts winding down no matter what I've done, because it just knows like, man, it is time for sleep. I've got the nose spacers in because of the deviated septum. If you don't have a a broken nose in two places like I do, maybe you don't need to deal with that, but I'll send the link for your show notes. Um, and then the eye mask and then I even sleep with earplugs in. Yeah. Back when we had our first kid, I was running a brand new business here with a 50 person office. And I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I, I, I'm sorry, I got, I've got to get sleep. And she was such a champion to let me get sleep. But I put heroes, they're called heroes earplugs. I'll yes. send the link for that as well. And heroes earplugs, the highest decibel rated earplugs. So I put those, I mean, literally if somebody broke into my house at night, I'd be in big trouble because I don't know that I'm waking up at all. Um, but I put the Heroes earplugs in, the night mask, the nose spacers, and the tape over my mouth. And I'm telling you, man, I sleep like a rock. And uh, it's awesome. I get up. I'm so refreshed in the morning. Most days, I don't even need any caffeine. I don't need anything to get me going. I splash a little water in my face, and I'm ready to rock and roll with a very positive, clear mindset. I've gone through all my sleep cycles, and I'm good to go. Now, I'm well convinced, you know, we've had some previous sleep doctors on the show with regard to the sound blocking and the light blocking. And I often end up with the earplugs and sleep mask myself. So I want to dig into this mouth covering business now. So the advantage is that it kind of forces you to breathe through your nose and thusly you'll lose less moisture. So What's this doing for me, this mouth taping? Well, it's, again, you lose a pound. The average person loses a pound of water every single night. Well, that's why I like to weigh myself in the morning, Jerry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Make sure you urinate too. Like a lot of people do. weigh themselves before they urinate. That's like two pounds there uh, if you're really trying to track your weight. And so basically you can lose just through your mouth and that's not including your skin and your sweat, but you lose over a pound uh, of water so basically look at it like this. I mean, you're dehydrated by less of a pound every single night just through your mouth. So if you tape that shut, first of all, you're going to retain that. Secondly, if you're in a place with high allergies, which I never had allergies until we moved to Dallas about seven years ago, but it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's the allergy capital of the world. Every year, about three or four times a year, I was getting complete, like, like, absolute laryngitis. Like I couldn't talk. I would have to cancel three or four days of my financial planning meetings. I don't have that anymore. Why? Because I don't let all that cold air down in my throat, but I'm re retaining my hydration. And then I'm also making sure 
that I'm building more nitric oxide. And so if you look at nitric oxide and all the benefits that it has for your heart, for your lungs, for your brains, uh, you know, Pete, I know you don't promote this a lot, but if you're looking at as a guy, if you're looking for more blood flow in the areas you really want blood flow as a guy, nitric oxide is going to do that if you get what I'm saying there. So there's a lot of reasons to build nitric oxide and your nose builds that based on how we were created and how we were made and your mouth doesn't do that. Also, when you breathe through your mouth, you do deep chest breathing. So if you've studied any breathing exercises from Wim Hof or my friend Mark Devine about filling your mm-hmm. belly full of air, like there's so much of a, oh, gosh, where do we go with this? Like 80% of serotonin, which is the feel-good chemical that your brain makes, is actually produced in the gut. And a lot of that happens with you breathing into the gut, not breathing in, in uh, through your mouth. And so when you breathe through your nose, you breathe through the gut. You fill up your belly, big, deep belly breathe. And if you're, if you guys are trying to get relaxed out there, if you're like, man, I'm dealing with a super hard day, just stop, sit back in your chair, or I've got a standing desk here. Um, just, just lean back on a surface, just kind of relax for a second, sit down, breathe deeply through your nose. Science has shown that four deep breaths, four to six deep breaths for most people can significantly reduce blood pressure, stress, cortisol, all of those sort of things. And so if you're doing that all night long and you're breathing through your nose and deep belly filling your your air versus deep chest filling, which builds cortisol, just imagine how much more refreshed you're going to wake up uh, and be ready to take on the day and be awesome at your job versus not doing that waking up dehydrated, especially if you've had a little bit to drink and you're even more dehydrated or you haven't drank enough water, which I was bad about for years. I mean, it's just there. The science is it's it's just not arguable behind it as to how your body works and how you build nitric oxide, how you reduce dehydration and how you wake up more rested every day. Tape your mouth shut at night, guys. If you've got a deviated septum like I do, use no spacers. I'll send you the link, Pete. Um, and if you are in an area that has any light whatsoever, I'll also send you the link to the best sleep, like blackout mask that I've ever tried in my life. Oh, well, yes, Jared, I'd say link away. I'd love them all. And I'd also love, you know, to the extent that you've got the journal articles and studies and research support, uh, you know, that's great. It's okay. Some of them I'm already convinced on like, yes, of course it must be completely dark. I'm well on board and others is like this mouth taping. Sounds a little weird, but I'm always down to try. I'm always like, willing to experiment, man. Jared. That's, I'm looking at the Amazon <laughs> page right now for paper surgical tape. Am I looking at it one inch wide? How wide do I want it? Yeah, uh, yeah one inch. All right. 3M, 3M surgical paper tape. Micropore? Micropore. Yep. Okay. I'm looking at it. You got it. You want surgical micropore uh, hypoallergenic so that it doesn't cause any... Um, I mean, the the worst thing that I have in the morning, and if you call it the worst thing, it's like it's a little stickiness on my lips from the the glue, but it's hypoallergenic. It's micropore, so it breathes a little bit, but not enough for you to open up your lips at night. And uh, the surgical paper tape, I mean, that's what, that's what top surgeons use whenever they tape up people. And so your skin yeah. has to breathe. It has to be porous. So it's all just a perfect uh, recipe for you to put on your lips at night. Yeah, well, it's funny. I see we got 743 reviews. I'm guessing a segment of them are people like you who are taping their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you hear that and you're like, 743 reviews. Holy hell, how have I not been privy to this? Well, they, they're probably like physicians, like, this is great. After I draw blood, I use this. Yeah. And then and some <laughs> right. are like, I've been taping my mouth shut. 
My wife loves it. <laughs> it's so weird to me. I mean, two years in, I, I'm literally, I'm maybe I'm over two years now. Um, two years in, and I still put that at, on my mouth at night, and I tell my wife like she's talking to me at night, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm putting my tape on. She's like, okay, like she's, I mean, two years in. She's like, finally, I wish you would have done that an hour ago, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) You should have put that on for the last three days. Um, But it's still weird. Like if you feel normal putting tape on your mouth and putting earplugs in and putting nose spacers in, if you want normal doing that, like I'm more worried about you than not. But that's just, that's the culture the society has built for us today is that that like you, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's weird. But I mean, do you want to be like the culture that we built today? Do you want to be getting less than six hours of sleep at night when two generations ago, before the light bulb was invented, we were getting over 10 hours of sleep? I mean, the depression, the SSRIs, the Adderall, the Ritalin, the caffeine, just look at how our society operates today and say, do you, do you want to be like that? Or do you want to be a little off the beaten path and see what science has really come up with as far as what helps your body at night? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jared, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. I would encourage your listeners to shower at night instead of in the morning, um, just because that's going to help you get up faster without having to do the shower. I, I think so much of this is mental, right? If you feel like you have to get a shower in the morning, like I did for so many years, then you're going to feel like I'm groggy. I'm walking to the shower. I'm wiping out my eyes in the shower. I'm going to stay in there for a long time under the water. You, you just get such a slow start to your day. Okay. So take the shower the night before. And if you're going to get in the water during the morning, take a cold shower. Like turn the nozzle as cold as it can go. Your mitochondria in your body, your systems, everything wakes up. And the very first thing you guys want to do in the morning is to drink about 32 ounces of water to kickstart your adrenals and kickstart your system. And I would encourage you guys, Pete, I know we're rushing through this kind of fast here at the end, but I would encourage you guys to do a little bit of sea salt, Himalayan pink sea salt, and a little bit of lemon squeeze. Like lemon juice is fine if you don't have a natural lemon, but that's going to help it to be more... Um, it's going to help wake up your adrenal adrenals in the morning to where you've got a little bit of salt, a little bit of lemon, you're crushing 32 ounces of water right in the morning when you wake up because you're so dehydrated in the morning. And then just make sure that you guys aren't snoozing for 14 years like I did to where you start your day off so reactionary. And, um, you know, we haven't even talked about alcohol, but I would say I mentioned having a caffeine curfew in the evening. Make sure you guys have an alcohol curfew for those of you who drink uh, about three hours before you go to sleep because the the REM sleep, and we don't have time to get into this right now, but the REM sleep and the deep sleep, the REM and the deep, as you're cycling back and forth through those, you can't cycle through those at night to get a super deep sleep if you've got alcohol in your system more than three hours before you go to sleep. So that would be another, I guess, reverting back to the evening here. That'd be another thing that I would tell you guys. But just make sure you're aware of what you eat and drink the night before, including junk food, high carbs, alcohol, all of that before uh, sleep. You're going to, it's going to be really hard for you to get in deep sleep if you're doing that. Great. Thank you. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote? Oh, man. Uh, I have so many. Uh, I, I think my favorite quote is by Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I'm a big historical, like, in fact, this weekend, we're going out to our farmhouse and I can trace my fatherhood all the way back to the late 1600s. Um, And so it's like father, 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 all the way down to me. And I've got like these three girls and I'm only child. I'm like, holy cow, it's all going to end. Like, it's all going to end right here. But 
um, the presidential, the like the American Revolution, like all of that is really I don't know why it just kind of gets me like it's just so important to me. But my favorite quote, I would I would think, is by Abraham Lincoln. And it says, uh, I hope I don't butcher this, but it says in the end, it's not the years in your life that matter, but the life in your years. And I mean, he was even smart enough back then to realize like, man, it's not it's not how long you live. It's how many years in every year you actually live. And I think that's what I'm striving for nowadays is am I really living every single day? And a lot of the stuff you've heard on this podcast, a lot of the stuff in my evening morning routine, it's so that I can freaking live every day and be so different than I was before when I was dying. And I, I know a lot of your listeners are going to resonate with this where they feel like they are just dying every day, but they're trying so hard to grind it out. That doesn't work. And so it's not the years in your life that matter, but the life in your years. And if you're not doing a lot of the stuff we've talked about today, you're not going to have a lot of life in your years. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Thank you. And how about a favorite book? Oh, it'd have to be With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. Uh, if you guys haven't read With Winning in Mind, Lanny Basham is a mental strategy coach that coaches a lot of golf pros, a lot of Olympic athletes. So if you think about the Olympics and you think about golf, like what two sports really need more mental management than that? So he runs a mental management clinic and his book With Winning in Mind He's got a couple of different books out, actually, and his son, Troy, has a book, Troy Basham, has a book called Attainment. Uh, it's like the, the 12 steps toward like peak performance, and of course, that's what my podcast is all about, and so I'm all about that. But With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham is one of my favorite books on the planet because it talks so much about how the brain deals with what we deal with every day and how you can really retrain that toward being better at what you do each day. Mm-hmm. All right. And how about a favorite tool? Something that helps you be awesome at your job? Man, the tool would be what I've mentioned before. It's going to be the sleep app. Um, If you're not tracking your sleep at night and if you don't have a good morning and evening routine, then you guys are setting yourself up for failure every day. Now, there may be some people like I did for so many years who could thrive without having that. But I would argue eventually you're going to hit a brick wall and eventually you're going to be a shell of the person that you could have been. So don't let that happen. Make sure you're tracking your sleep. Make sure you understand that 80% of an incredible day actually starts in the PM by getting all the blue light out of our face and using a sleep tracker at night. I actually use now the Aura Ring. If your listeners are familiar with the uh, O-U-R-A, the Aura Ring, it actually tracks uh, my sleep in a little bit of a better way by not just tracking what uh, time I went to bed and what time I got up, but actually tracking my sleep cycles. Because if you're in a bed with a... a a wife or a partner like I am, you know, the sleep uh, cycle app, you can actually lay that on your mattress. Yeah. But if she's moving around or she's doing something like it doesn't know when I'm moving or not, but with that device on your finger, it's actually a lot better. So that would be my, uh, that would be my tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about a uh, favorite habit? Ooh, man, this is a tough one. And this is one that if your listeners hear this, I would love some accountability on and it's spending at least one hour a week in silence and deep thought while note taking. And I don't know why I have no idea with everything that I've learned why this has been so hard for me to get my mind around. But blocking off at least one hour, not at least, but blocking off one hour on my calendar to where I sit in silence, I sit in deep thought and I journal it's been really hard for I'd, probably over the last six weeks, I've been better at it than I have ever in my life. And and I hope to continue that. But if your listeners are like I am, where they're just kind of go, 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 
and they can't calm the mind and they're, you know, they're, they're busy all the time. This is probably one of the most important habits you guys can lock in because what, what do people say? They say, if you have a few minutes each week, you should meditate and spend time in silence and really calm the mind. And if you feel like you don't have time to meditate and calm the mind, like if you feel like, man, I don't have that time, I've got to be doing other things, then you probably need, need like two or three times that times of meditation because you've really got a real issue going on there. But that would be one hour a week in silence and deep thought with note taking. I would really encourage your listeners to do that. And uh, it's something I'm working on. I've gotten a lot better at. But uh, for hard charging performers that want to be excellent at what they do each day, it's really hard to just stop and be in silence, but I think it's going to be the biggest game changer for people that really over time master that. Mm-hmm. And is there a particular nugget you share that, that seems to connect and resonate and gets quoted back to you frequently? It's just to be present. Mm-hmm. And Jared, if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? Oh man, thanks so much. Uh, my website is success101podcast.com. The resources page I've mentioned a couple of times is success101podcast.com forward slash resources. And if you guys want my book, which I don't put out on Amazon, I don't put out anywhere because I thought originally I was just going to give it out to clients and advisors and things like that. But it's become, I mean, it's been a blessing. It's become really popular. It's called From Success to Significance. And I'm giving away the e-version of that right now. If you just go to success101podcast.com forward slash book, and you select the e-version, the e-book version, and put free success 101, you'll get a code to download that for free. Or if you want the paperback version, just enter success 101 and you will just pay the shipping costs in the US. It's kind of a workbook that I developed to where people could go through and really understand what creating a vision, creating goals, creating uh, a more positive mindset looks like. And I've gotten, I've been so fulfilled by that because I've gotten such good feedback, but that's where people can find me on Instagram. I'm under Jared Warren Consulting, and I'm on Facebook under Jared Warren as well. So I'm I'm kind of out there where you can find me, but it's all pointing back toward sharpening ourselves, being better at what we do each day by eliminating stress, distractions, and really, you know, all the stuff we've talked about with morning and evening routines. Mm-hmm. All right. And do you have a final challenge or call to action you'd issue to folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? Man, I, I think I've already said it. I think it's the morning and evening routines. And I know that sounds so boring and, you know, ho-hum and whatever. And I would have thought that years ago, like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. But like, what's the real secret? <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's really understanding that you've got to quiet your mind at the end of the day. You've got to make sure that you're getting in bed on time. You've got to make sure that you understand in your mind that 80% or more of an incredible morning is only going to become, it's only going to come whenever you focus on the PM and uh, just making sure that you're living a very essentialism or minimalistic type of lifestyle where we just get rid of all the noise. I mean, I've, I've always been such a big podcast fan and news fan and reading fan. And like, I, like information's power, right? Information is power was such a common phrase like years and years and years ago, like 30, 40, 50 years ago when there wasn't a lot of information. Now we've got so much information that we almost have to say information can be noise and really just cutting out some of that is helpful. And uh, I hope your listeners take a lot away from Success 101, which the Success 101 podcast is, is just how do we get back to the grassroots of success? And it's not making tons of money. It's not being super influential. It's how do we get back to all the stuff I've talked about today towards the 101 of success. And I think we've missed a lot of that in our society today. And I hope we get back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, Jared, thank you so much for 
sharing the goods. This is a whole lot of fun and I wish you tons of luck and a wondrous sleep, you know, night after night. Pete, thanks so much for having me here. It's such a blessing. And uh, I just want to affirm you for just helping people be better at what they do day in and day out through your podcast and all the guests that you have on and all the episodes that you've had. And I mean, what an incredible time we live in today where you can tune in and listen to podcasts like yours and mine and get so much information. And I just really hope your listeners take a lot away from that. Mm, Thank you. I really love the enthusiasm and the gusto that Jared brought into this conversation and particularly hearing a bit of that before and after mindset before like, hey, just sleep, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. Just kind of handle it. You know, don't be a whiny baby. <laughs> just, you know, do what you got to do. It's no big deal. Make it happen. You know, from that attitude to, oh, wow, these things make a huge difference. You know, little by little, they add up to make a huge transformative difference in the quality of your sleep and thus the quality of your work and life. So much good stuff. I did give a try to that mouth taping and I've had it actually a little bit harder to fall asleep my first night because it's sort of like just a little bit of a stressor, you know, to the body. It's like I cannot quite breathe the way I am accustomed to and thus I'm working a little harder. And I saw in my Fitbit that my heart rate was going up a little bit. But I think that's kind of halfway the point in terms of training the body to get more accustomed to doing 100% nose breathing. But I'm going to give it a few more shots because, well, hey, I got 12 rolls of tape in that box and it seems like it's doing something. One thing that definitely made an impact, though, was watching out for those caffeine and alcohol curfews in particular to ensure that those are not intruding on my sleep. And I think I underestimated the impact, particularly of the alcohol. It's like, oh, whatever, if I stop drinking at 9.15 versus 8 when I'm going to bed at 11, it's noticeably different. So thanks for the pro tip and sharpening my awareness on that. Jared, I hope you dug that and the other tips. If you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, it's over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F354. If you haven't already, I hope you push the subscribe button. Next up, you'll hear from me for a quick little Columbus Day reflection. And then after that, we got Hitendra Wadwa talking about personal leadership and inner mastery that results in outer impact. Hope to catch you there. Peace. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. 